Sarah, are you at the shear? Yeah, I'm here. Um, we're just getting set up. Okay, perfect. Thursday afternoon. There we go. Okay, now let's try again. Oh, there we go. Oh, we, if you want to make me host, and then we'll see when people want to join. Um, just click on my... One second. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Just having some technical issues. <laughs> Wait, not end. Leave. Meeting.
Hi. <laughs> um, I don't know who's around, but I, might, I have to leave early, but I'm here now. My host, you did it? Okay. Yay. Oh, it's the golden glow of Jerusalem. <laughs> yes. Doesn't matter. I'm used to it already. So. <laughs> Two weeks after Purim, we went about Purim, a Gansi or Purim. Ah, so we started learning with some something that's very, very relevant over here. The story of the Melech and the Kesar, the story of the king and the emperor. It's one of the it's the second story. In Rabbeinu Sipurim Isis. And the Nelson Zal, a student of Rabbeinu, he said, he has a hasaga, he has a grasp of what's going on behind all the stories of Rabbi Nathan. This one, I have no idea what he's about. So that's the story we have to learn these days. And we have some amazing, amazing, like opening up for me in the greatest way. You're just going line by line. I'm just going to go over to you like reading the first like, paragraph of the story. And then we're going to get back into, because we we jumped ahead in the Nejish Rabbah to sort of cover more of the Megillah before getting to Purim. But now we're back in the Suda of Achashbevich. We're still holding like the beginning of the, of the Megillah. So, there's a story of an emperor. He had no children. Melech was also a king. He had no children. The emperor went out into the world to wander and to ask, maybe he'll be able to find some kind of advice, some kind of a healing some kind of a medication maybe, in order to be able to have children. <clears throat> the king also was traveling the land. So first of all, it's an unbelievable thing. That the king 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, part of the story. Like, beat you when we start. Just the, we're in the Shibiti base measures and they're refurbishing it. So, uh, yeah, the floor is it's like even now. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so the workers are just okay. Um, so the emperor and the king, right? So the thing is, first of all, it could be the biggest. First of all, the desire for children is so deep, and the pain when there's a lack of children is so profound. It's very hard to even put in words what it is. Like the, it's a it's a connectivity to the infinite chain of being. It's the experience of being a creator. It's it's really it's almost no words for what it means to want to have children, and the pain of to not have children. And then for the king, or the most richest, powerful, everything they have in their palace doesn't work. You can't find it there. Have to travel, and as you're going to see, they're putting on this plain clothes, pretending nobody knows who they are. And maybe that wisdom, maybe the secret how to have children is with not with the elite, not with the aristocracy and the wisest people and the official, maybe health establishment, and so on and so forth. But maybe, maybe there's some deep secrets in the little hamlets, in the little towns, and who knows where. We'll figure out how to have children. And he's And they both ended up in one little inn by the side of the wall. They didn't know each other. The emperor could see by the king that he has the ways of royalty. Even though he's wearing you know, plain clothes, but the way he's holding himself, he can't hide it. He, he's holding himself in a kingly way. He asked him, and he admitted to him, yes, I'm a king. And the Melech also saw, and the person asking him, and he admitted also, yes, I'm an emperor. And they told each other, that to travel in the world to try to and they made a, a bond between the two of them, a pact. <clears throat> that if it should be that they come home, their wives will both give birth to a male and a female, both in such a way that they could make a shidduch, as they'll make a decided will make a chasna between our two children, if it should ever be. First of all, it could be a muscle for the neshama, but in Shemayim there are no children. In Shemayim there's no creativity. The completeness of heaven is missing something. And it's missing the Indian also, like Rashi says in Pashas Noach, Iker told the Sehem Shotzadikim Maasim Toyim, the main children of the righteous is the good deed. Right? And you must know the story of Yosel the Holy Miser. 
Is that how you know it? The story of Yosela? I have to tell it like it's you have to hear it like a thousand times. I tell you, like the five minute version is Yosela is in Krakow and he's this like whatever it is, millionaire, billionaire, and he's in like this mansion. And all everybody else is like, you know, barely getting by. And he was so stingy. And he's a terrible representation as a miser. And all the poor people at one point, they tried their luck with him. They would go in and he would be nice to them and give a piece of cake and tea and ask them all the details of how much they need and where they're holding, what's going on. And he'd turn into like Mr. Hyde and throw them down the stairs. And you think I'm going to part with my money? Forget about it. No, no, no. Is there one, one, one week? The miser becomes very, very sick. And the Chevra Kadisha comes to his house. That's the burial society. And they say, listen, you know, you don't have any relatives. It's also like a loner, no relatives. Nobody ever paid for a burial plot for you. Costs 100 rubles, you know. It doesn't seem like you're, you know, just a case, you know. So he says, I'm sorry, I'll only pay you 50. They said, Yosel, are you nuts? Come on, man. You can't take any money with you. He says, forget it. I'm not paying if it's more than 50. And they left. And then Mamash, a few hours later, he passed away. They were so upset with him, they just left him there. Well, finally, one of the people in the Chaber Kadisha had Rahmanus, he just went over, took him, and buried him outside the cemetery, just outside the cemetery. And this was on a Sunday. Then, come Thursday, Thursday evening, the rabbi gets a knock on his door. There's one of the poor people in the town. It's a rabbi. Um, can you please help me out? I, I used to always get an envelope, an unmarked envelope under my door every Thursday morning. I do exactly what I need. He's like, can you have five, five rubles or whatever it was? Rubbish. Of course. And then gets another knock and another knock. All the poor, everybody, and even the people seemed to be comfortable with who needed an extra ruble or two were even coming. Every, like the whole town is coming to the rabbi's house. And he realizes, he puts two and two together and realizes Yosela was really Amish, the, the biggest tzaddik in the world. Didn't want everybody to know. And everybody mistreated him. The rabbi felt so terrible. They didn't even bury him. He calls the next day to be a fast day. Everyone's saying, kill him and shul. The rabbi is so distraught that he faints. And he has a vision where he sees Yosela and Shemayim. He says, Yosela, please, can you forgive us? We mistreated you. We called, the children called you names and throw sticks at you. Everyone called you uh, miser. <clears throat> Yosela says, nothing to forgive. This is exactly how I wanted it. He said, but I'll tell you, Rabbi, you know, it's pretty wonderful up here. Eliyahu Navi took me up to Shemayim, and then with the Avos and the Imahas and everything is so amazing. But I would trade it all for the ability to give one more home. That's a good thought, right? So Shemayim, the Neshama, doesn't have children. Neshama doesn't have children. doesn't. The Baal Shem Tov Lamish said, it's worth it for a soul to come down to this world for 70 years, to do one favor for another yid, even physically, lend them a jacket, 
spiritually. How much more so spiritually? How much we don't, we don't know what a good deed is, what it is to be able to relate to second, especially these days, give somebody like an ounce of sanity. It's so big, it's so deep. The king and the emperor, with all of their royalty and everything that they have, they don't have it's children. Right. Oh, one good thing is, oh, these, 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 uh, they're looking for children, and they meet each other in this inn, and they recognize in each other. This is also the most deepest thing in the world. When somebody, so it's like the soul dresses up in a body, right? And nobody can tell that it's royal anymore, right? But somebody who's your real friend, you're, you're in a motel somewhere on the side of the road in Illinois, and they say, hey, aren't you a queen? Aren't you a, you know? And, 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 and then, and then you look back at them and you say, and then, and you see that royalty, that infinite power of what a soul is. What are you, what are you, what are you doing here? Why are you just holding your just arms? Trying to find a way to evolve, right? It's evolving. So, so, uh, and then they make a pact, right? We're going to be bonded in the deepest, most eternal way that our children will marry each other. And Taka, this is what happened. They're not in that place beyond the hierarchy. They're not in that place of need, of looking, of searching outside their place of privilege. Forget, forget that they made this deal. But incredibly, Shalach HaKesar's the emperor sends his daughter off to elementary school to learn. Kamamelech Shalach has no little The king sent his son off to go study. They both ended up the same school teacher. They loved each other so much, very much. And they decided amongst them, right? They had no idea that they're continuing something. But they made a pact also. Don't marry each other. And the son of the king actually took a ring from Nasan al Yada. He put it on his hand. They did 
like it wasn't a ceremony, it wasn't created a home together. The emperor called after his daughter, brought her back to the house. And the king sent after his son, brought him back to his house. And then the king starts talking about suitors bringing in Shiduch, a Shiduch, to marry is the daughter of the emperor. She wouldn't hear of any Shiduch because of this deal, because of this pact, this bond. It's a marriage you already have. But Melech, and meanwhile, the son of the king was missing her, he's missing her so much. And she was also Tamid, Tamid. She was always so sad. And he would bring her out to the gardens and show her her greatness. But he couldn't, inconsolable. And the son of the king was missing her so much, he got sick. Right? They were keeping the no one they wouldn't reveal why they were each so sad, right? Hashtus, it's because they did something which is like out of line, right? Like in other words, you had, you know, there's a there's a seder of the, you know, you're the son of the king, you're the daughter of the emperor. There's going to be suitors. There's going to be a process, you know. Hashtus didn't say exactly. So it continues, but depth of this is so it's so so deep. Because I think a lot of what Rabbeinu was talking to, even 200 years ago, the rise of the Baal Shem Tov and the whole existence of Hasidus and, 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 and this shift in Yiddishkeit has a lot to do with a personal sense of quest. Who's my Rabbi? You'd have thousands of people going from town to town trying to figure out What's my thing in life, right? And this is to a certain extent, it's paralleling what's going on in European society, where it used to be your father's a blacksmith, you're a blacksmith, you know, you're from this, from this part of society, there's like no question who you're going to be. And suddenly, modern world creates more of an individual. Uh, lack of certainty. And um, uh, Hasidus in a very big way is relating to this, right? So what it also does is it creates a break between parents and children. I'm on research and you have a whole system, parents, right? We're still feeling this a little bit these days. The depths of it is, I think, what we're going to is that the parents also had a search. They had their own story. The king and the emperors who were in places of privilege and everything, they found 
that place and they had that moment of incredible bonding and it was forgotten. And we, the children, we're actually, we're actually continuing, mamish continuing, from where they left off in that spiritual place at the love time. Right? This is mamish, the Indian of the depths of what Rabbi Nachman is talking about when he speaks about what these stories are. In the introduction to the Sipuri Maisis, Rabbeinu said, was saying, you know, I've tried until now <coughs> to go to give over in terms of Torah, right? The Kavanat as if he's to say, since it's not working to really bring you back through the Torah and through the like conversations that I'm giving over that are like explicit ideas. So now it's time to tell stories, right? Because the stories, remember, we're going to explain to tell Samech. Yipurim Maisios, till Shanim Kadmonios of ancient times, means one of these profound paradigm stories of what it is to be God's creation, human creation in the world. Because the truth is we're always telling ourselves stories. We always have some narrative about who we are. Most of the time, there's some kind of mishigas mixed in there. Maybe all the time. Well, I'm a loser. I'm not good enough. I'm too good. I'm whatever it is. I'm a middle child. I'm the oldest child. I mean, there's, there, you know, there's, 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 uh, there's, there's biological realities, but then that doesn't have to be. You have to carry that as like a weight. So. To hear a true story that Rabbi Nachman really worked to give over these fantastic stories that lie at the very core of what it is to exist. And um, in Hebrew, in English, even, I had this big story. When you tell a story, say, once upon a time, right? They have to know that the Zorah Kodesh says, by the song at the sea, which is also a moment of tremendous bonding with the Kodesh Baruch. It says, the Aleph roichev al Zayin. The Aleph is writing upon Zayin. Az. Aleph that's writing upon Zayin. It means that the, there's, a, there's a connectivity with Hashem that is above time. Song at the sea is still, we're still, we smamish say it every day. We're still singing every time before Shmanes. We always, always going back to that song because it was a moment of a bond with the Kurdish brothers above time. So, because time is seven, seven days a week, and Aleph is 
the oneness of the connection, right? Now look at the English expression, once upon a time. The Gabaldic is mamish that zayr. Once upon a time. The Aleph Goich is al zayn, literally mamish. It's crazy, right? Because a, a, a real story is a story that's beyond time. It's a story that is that is shanim kadmonia is from ancient times. It means it's from a, it's in a place that's above time. It's an, it's it's a story that applies to all of us. And it, the story itself tells you about moments when there are connections that are above time. A bond. A brismila is on the eighth day. A chuppah starts with the letter eight, chet, also. It looks like a chet from the inside. And it's a commitment that is no matter what happens within time, there's going to be a connectivity. The bris with Hashem is a bris between the chas and the kala. Whatever happens through thick and thin is man. <coughs> Whatever it will be. So, wow. Aaron Cook, it's so beautiful. The losing go off. This, this, but the thing is that we forget, right? So the story itself is telling you about a moment of a bonding. Two moments, right? The moment of the parents bonding. And then the moment where the children recognize each other and in Mamash without knowing. And they think it's their own story. They're really and the such the deepest thing in the world, right? Where the truth is, this is also a Rashi, by the way, in the Shira Sayan. This is my God, I will make you five. The God of my father, and I will exalt him. So it says Rashi, Rashi says, Lo, I am not the beginning of holiness. I'm really continuing something. My parents, even with and so unbelievable, even though they're like living in different worlds, the arranged marriage world and the romance world, which is also mamish what's going on, and that's one of the big tropes that people speak about. As even like Jacob Katz, I'm not going to but it's saying he wrote about Jewish history, like that's like one of the defining differences between one of the, the flagship things about what modernity is. Is marriage for love as opposed to marriage from just a, an arrangement, or an economic thing, or a societal institution? So Rabbeinu's Mamish talking about this. Mamish unbelievable, and he's also saying that the disconnect that we think is there between those generations is not so. It's even like not even there. It's literally a continuation, Mamish of those moments that our parents stepped out of time and found a sense of what life is really all about and connected with what they forgot and they went back to their palaces. Now let's go back to Achashverosh's right? 
So Gavav, right? Achashverosh is Suda. First of all, as a preface to this whole thing, I must have told this over two million billion times, but the Rav Shlomo Alkavetz, the composer of Lechadudi, imagine what a Jew that was. He, he, he said, um, he wrote a sefer on Megillus Esther. He called it Manas HaLevi. Did you get it? Manas HaLevi. He sent it as Shalach Manas to his father. And Namas uh, <laughs> That's like, it's in the introduction to the book. It's, you got to get it. Somewhere. And one of the most... Yeah, it's Vianna, right? Can you imagine? What, what kind of a year do you have to be to put the Chatoini in the class? Wow, right? Like, this is a Jew. So he, so he said, um, uh, one of the most amazing things I saw, and I haven't learned the whole safer, but I, 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 you know, I took large bites out of it every single when I first heard about it. What struck me the most there was he says that there's a halacha that if you have different books of Torah, if you have Chumash, it goes on top of the Navi. If you have Navi, it goes on top of the Tzu. Yeah. There's different levels of, of holiness of holiness of the Torah is more than the holiness of the prophets, more than the holiness of the writings you put on top gets reflected in which one you put on top of each other. Then in the Megillah, when you roll up the Megillah, so it must be that what's on the outside is the holiest part of the Megillah, but it's on top of everything else. <laughs> so what's on the outside is the story of the Suda, is the story of Akashbeish's, you know, pompous Meshugana. Uh, show off meal where Amisvel are eating and enjoying from it and are, are thereby incurring upon themselves the decree that it says in Shemayim, the Gemara brings down like that they deserve to be chasmstones. Again, so he's saying it's really the highest, the holiest part of the field because at that same Suda, Hashem would have been setting it up. The Vashti would be killed. So, so that the whole Suda, God could show us how much he loves us even while we're in the middle of Mamish, not only getting things wrong, but enjoying getting things wrong. <laughs> so, unbelievable, right? So that's the preface, because now, because the two things, that's like the heavenly perspective. That's like the Shalom perspective. <laughs> but, but, uh, but in terms of how it was experienced, experienced, was a great, great moment of forgetting, forgetting of disconnecting in terms of us. <laughs> non stop interruptions. <laughs> what is that? So, the Harasais of the Medjish, this is Harsha Bays, right? Harsha Bays. Um, yeah. 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 In other words, there's the Aleph Ruchev Al Zayin. The Aleph is on top of the Zayin. There's something that's beyond time. And then it can shine into time in all kinds of particular ways. But 
but there's a bris, there's a loyalty, there's a higher sense of purpose that's informing and energizing everything you're doing, and that's good. Or the opposite of that is like you're saying, where you're where the Zion itself takes over, and, and you're just completely stuck in the in the momentary world and all the the pleasures of the world, the fads, fads of the world, and, you know, whatever is going on right now. And particularly the hierarchies of the world. That's what this is about. Wealth and the, the parading of wealth. The haroi why did Nechashverosh have to do this is to establish himself as a supreme ruler. Look how wealthy I am, you know? I, 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 I had to dafka show it. I'll just, I'll just a little later in, in Ois Dalit, you have a story of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who had a friend, a non-Jewish friend, very interesting thing, seeing two cases of uh, a nun who had friends who were not Jewish. Rabbi Shimon the city of Tzor. And one time he came to his house and he heard Rabbi Shimbar heard the servant talking to the master, his friend. And the master said, uh, the servant asked the master, what are we eating today? Should we eat the mixture of lentils and water where there's more water than lentils or where there's more lentils than water, right? Which is not what you expect to hear from somebody wealthy, you know, like the filet mignon or the, whatever it is, or the, you know, like uh, I forgot all the words for fancy food. It's okay. So he said, oh, we'll, we'll take the one that's mostly water, right? And Abishimba Yechai was like amazed. And he asked his friend, and uh, his friend said, bring out all of my most fancy, fancy dishes and utensils. And he brought out the most gold and the silver and whatever he had. And Rabbi Shimon said, somebody who has so much money. You're eating watered down lentils, that's your meal. Such a heartbreaking answer. You that you're if you don't have any money, nobody without money. So we're suffering like crazy. We're bare, we're eating like water down the lentils, but but have to sell any of our uh, any of our fancy tailor because this is all we have. To establish who we are in the world, right? Yeah, yeah. You see on the outside, you have no idea of how much suffering is going on on the inside to, to, to maintain the thing, the right car, the right clothes, the right outfit. So, even the right inventory. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So Givant, right? So so Achashverosh is showing off everything. He needs to show that he's the top man. And so they ask, so the Gemara and the Medrash is a whole discussion. What was it that he would show? Them? So the first opinion says he would show them every day six different uh, pieces, you know, major treasures every day. Another opinion says he would, there was no way he could possibly show them all of them. So he just pull out his the receipts and show like his ledgers. Look how much I spend on this and on this. Blow everyone away, you know. And but then they say an unbelievable thing. Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Simon Amar, Seuda, Eretz Israel. He showed them because he had dominion over Eretz Israel. He showed them the produce that he had from Eretz Israel. What's that idea that he showed them? So the ATI say from the Mafrashim he was bringing. Because Eretz Israel, the Pasuk said, will not be missing anything in there. There's precious acre. Will not be missing anything in there, it's Israel. And, and, and what does that mean? It means, won't be missing like in English, you won't be missing anything, right? You think, no, no, don't. It means you won't be missing everything, which means that everything miss. It's totally right. <laughs> what is that? Thank you. Uh, so, uh, yes. no, no, so here's what it is. It's the, as I understand it, Yaakov Avinu says, Esau says, Yeshli Ram, I have everything, I have, I have a lot, a lot. And Yaakov says, Yeshli Kol, everythingness, meaning completeness, wholeness, right? The deepest, deepest wholeness. Nothing else has that kind of wholeness as Eretz Yisrael. Because it's Mamish the place of it, it's the promised land, Mamish the place of Hashem. It's the place where the, the Gemara says in Tainus that all the bracha in the world comes down first to Eretz Yisrael and then goes out to the rest of the world. Then out to the rest of the world. So to give them the fruits and the and 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 products of Eretz Yisrael, this is how he could give them a sense of supremeness, something that just outclasses everything else is a lot, but it's still something you could put. On a, on a measure. Eretz Yisrael has the infiniteness of the whole, of literally filling the, the emptiness of existence. Eretz Yisrael provides for it. We're not going to be that everything you're looking for is in Eretz Yisrael. You can have the kol. And so this actually is one of the saddest that that he is giving the call of Eretz Yisrael out at his Suda. What you like what you were saying before, that when the eternality, instead of being above time and being this this uh, this sense of 
the soul bringing down the infiniteness of its relationship with Hashem into all kinds of particular manifestations in life. Morning, afternoon, evening, Shabbos, Yantif, every, every different kind of relationship, every different kind of manifestation. Instead of that, it gets sucked into the Sabbath and the um, separateness of time and of existence means a system of hierarchy. Once you have a system of separateness, and some's better, some are better, some are worse, some are more important. You have light that's infinite, that's coming down into each moment can equally be a vessel for that. You're like, whatever you're doing right now is the most important thing. And your mom is, your soul is bringing it down into, into life. Uh, Aleph gets schlepped down inside to the, of the Zion. This is what the Surah of Achashverosh is. And this is where there's a deep, mamish, heartbreaking, forgetting that happens. This is the forgetting of the parents that Rebbein is describing. Are you here? Okay, I mean, I'm honestly just finishing up this year right now. So. Yeah, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Right. Will you be there? Okay. So the, the Suda Bakashvish is pulling this call. Over him, the next opinion in the Vedrash is Big Day Kahuna, or Vilevi Mar Big Day Kahuna. He pulled out the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. Look, the clothing of the Kohen Gadol. Unbelievable, but you know, twisted and brought into a horrible place of somebody showing off their wealth. This is this profound, profound place. Of being pulled into the, into the negative of the world of the hierarchy and buying into it, like believing it. I'm really not so important because I don't have as much money, I don't have as much pull, I'm not as smart, I'm not as whatever it is, I'm not famous, I'm not like what, like a lot of this is today, you know, I don't have so many likes on Facebook, I don't have so much popularity, whatever it is, I don't know what people think, but like whatever, <laughs> whatever is going on, it's this some kind of measurable thing, and this really, the all, the call is invested into the hierarchy, and you, you know, you're sorry, you're down here. I'm up here. And and mamish and 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 turns into like it's a very everything. Mamish your whole our whole life. We don't dream anymore. We don't think what can I do? We don't think I'm an author of my life. Right? Now this this one cute thing I thought of. Maybe I saw it somewhere in a safer, but there's the word safer is book. Right? That represents our, our nature, our biological, you know, nature. The word Sipur is a story that represents the nurture, the story of our lives. And we get affected by our biology and by how we were brought up. We're affected by that. But we're meant to transcend both and become a Sipur, become an author. 
You could use all of these things. You could, the Aleph goes into the Zion, the Zion of nature, the Zion of the story, the Zion of time. And in, the Aleph is on top and in, energizing each moment in its own particular way. Right? Not sucked into it to the point that the Zion itself becomes infinite, that the, that the hierarchy is infinitely unbreakable and stuck, which is exactly what I wanted to try to show everyone and make everyone stuck in. And what is it that seals this forgetfulness? It's the Hana. It's the taking pleasure from that. That's where it really, really becomes heartbreakingly awful. And, and the Neshama, the person is in danger of forgetting. Thing when it happens, right? We have these moments of connectivity, and then Bezos Hashem, the children, the longing that they had was so deep for their children that it, it, it means that they're going to continue actually that very longing itself because I'm going to even forget about how much I long for children. Yeah. They're going to be the ones who pick up. From those moments where we surface and the Aleph gets above the Zion again, remember what it's for. Once upon a time, once upon a time there was a Labish and he's not stuck. This is this is Spanish. It's really it's a big struggle. So so uh, This thing just before. Ah, <laughs> uh, the pleasure. That's it. Yes, the pleasure is where the forgetfulness happens, right? Mm -hmm. And this is this is this is where. There's a, the, the bonding with the world of the hierarchy happens is when I enjoy from it and I enjoy from it. This is why we have stories. The, the father, the, the father of Kanyevsky today, his father, it was a cycler, right? Yaakov Israel. So when he, he was set up, I think, with the Chazanisha system. And he had to travel a long way on the train. This is in Europe. And when he got to meet her, he was falling asleep on the floor. She was so upset about it. You heard the story once? She was so like, in the house, ever, just ridiculous. And uh, the Chazni said, no, no, there's some kind of story here. I know him. He's a really good man. Yeah. It turns out that on the way over, on the, the seat of the train, he thought that it, it might have a mixture of linen and wool. It might be shot. So he refused it. So he stood for like 27 hours or some crazy amount of time on the train. And so he was just completely exhausted because he would refuse to benefit, to get Hanna, to benefit from, and then they got married. And that's the, that's the they did get married. And that's, this is, and this is one of the hardest things for us to do. 
the media pulls you in. I'm sure sitting in front of computers and it pulls you in the images and they're they're, they're designed by the greatest geniuses in the world to make you enjoy them. They're designed to make you enjoy them. It's so unbelievably sad to see them and not enjoy them. That's where the secret of not Because if they remember the Lachadaydi, that even while we're forgetting and getting it wrong, and that's the holiest part of the Megillah, and the Gem is already setting the other, and they have Baruchasem, the laughter of Purim all the way through. Right. But also, also, and at the same time, we, must, we don't want to forget. We don't want to forget and have like a few months and years, happens of kind of zombie, zombie, you know, going through the motions of the Motion being a yid, but really not being alive to our mission and to the depths of and the pillar of even not only it's like we think it's just us, but we're continuing our parents. They also, and you know, um, uh, it's an incredible thing. The beginning of the Seder, we break the matzah. So this is the sign of a truly free person. Sign of a truly free person is that they know that everybody is a little bit broken inside. They know how to really relate to people in a Slave just relates to people uh, on the superficial, you know, by the Suda, how much do you have? How much, you know, how important are you? How, and just relating on the outside as if everything's okay. Especially these days when mama's nothing's okay. <laughs> the yachat, but it's really a healing from the fact that it never was, right? We're in Gullahs, how can anything be okay, right? The, the yachat is so, and it's so, it's so powerful. The Abba, just with the kittel with all the kids in the family. It's such a gewaltic moment. And it's so amazing what someone's saying to be free is to be able to relate to the real inner depths of the stories of each one of us. That we're really these royal souls that have gone to these garments of bodies and we've forgotten a little bit our royalty. But we're really just searching for children. That envelope, more valuable than all of heaven. We're searching for that together. So to, re to remain awake to that, to be free, is not to eat the chametz. Not to get hanad from chametz, not to even have it in your house, right? Mamish, nothing. It's a pellet because we have we have this in our house, but to not have it in your house. Gemara says if a, if if a, if a, if a nanju walks through your house carrying bread, doesn't matter. It's his and it's, and, and it's not considered to be in your house, right? This is the whole thing of selling the chametz also. It could be right there, but it's not mine. Be right there, but it's not mine. No hanad. If Hanan happens, then I'm forgetting the brokenness. How dare I forget that? How dare I take any pleasure? Even in the tiniest bit, it's going to bring forgetfulness. Why? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, and we don't we don't know when we're really having our deepest desire for Hashem. Could be when we're just mamish going by rote, but we wish that we could. You could want to want to. Maybe that's even deeper. You know, like maybe that's even deeper. I, I, I have a friend of mine who was very very close with Rav Itamar Schwartz. You know that is at the Bilvabi. They all that this. He's he's like this unbelievable genius here. So, so he he said um, uh, that you'd give Ovida Sarachami, Hashem's 13 attributes of love. Okay, call you back in a minute. Okay. Um, uh, what does it mean, the 13? He says it means that Hashem knows when you want to want to want to want to 13 times. That's a good one. That's it's it's one of the that you can never Hashem hides from us where we're truly holy. We don't know where we're holy. If you could see, if it was a labish beater, and I would know, oh, I just went up or I just went down, you wouldn't have the chirachovshis. Only Hashem knows. So, but yeah. Even this thing of brokenness and longing, we shouldn't hold on too much to what we think that means. <laughs> Be a little bit poor, Nick. Oi, so chaim chaim. Mickey, Andri, I didn't chat, Michal, I didn't do this. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, how's Ellie? Surprise. Baruch Hashem. Amazing. Oh my gosh, it's such an incredible concept for you guys to one of your neighbors. We're very excited. I know. I'm so excited. The Ezra Session. It's exciting. All right. Um, from Montreal, from Barclay and Goye to uh, I don't even know this uh, name of the street. Who cares what names of the street? Hi, Sarah. We lived a block away from this lovely rabbi. In Montreal, till he left. And now we're following in Hashem's timing. All right, go ahead. I'm cleaning for Pesach here in my closet. <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much, Rev Labish. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I'm at the <laughs> It's my it's my hotel room. No. <laughs> I will, I will. I will. Huh? 